Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This episode, Canada. Huh, I wonder what's going on. There's an election happening in Canada. If you haven't heard about it, probably because we don't talk to you that much in person. (laughs) Or maybe you expected that there would be an election in, you know, two more years instead of now. Mm. uh, Because it seemed like nobody was really looking for this. Yep. But it's happened. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, get excited because we'll probably do it again in two more years. Spoiler alert. If that. Yeah, <laughs> we're I'm, we're going to do that thing where we talk about the election a little bit before I say, no, 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 the, we're talking about the election later. But I feel like so many times since Justin Trudeau went and talked to the governor general and said, uh, we're going to dissolve parliament, we're going to have an election. Mm-hmm. And when he first stepped out of that building up to the podium and was like, mm-hmm. we're going to have an election for this reason, it was not <laughs> convincing then. And he's given the same no. answer for the last month and it's still not very convincing it's like yeah. such a like stretch of like it's me being benevolent to you because look at all the stuff we have to decide you should have <laughs> yeah. your voice it's like instead of well don't we already have all these representatives that already represent our voices i don't know <laughs> yeah and none of the other like parties were saying were challenging yeah at all his leadership at all and because they weren't really they didn't feel that they were ready i think that the, it turns out they were maybe more ready than they'd imagined but yeah no nobody was asking uh for this uh nobody wanted it um trudeau i think uh, you could say was smelled the majority and he was wrong <laughs> yeah i think like we're gonna talk about the election later but yeah <laughs> for now it's like i i don't know how much of this sentiment could be like tracked in like the poll numbers and like obviously the parties have access to like much more data than we see right Mm -hmm. but like even like just general polls before the election was called was like you know the liberals were seeing like approximately 40 percent support like crazy amounts like they were they would get a majority and everything Mm -hmm. but i think there's a big difference between like supporting something that's happening right now because everybody is like if there is an election today who would you vote for and probably a lot of people during a pandemic when things are going okay even if they would maybe normally vote conservative or ndp would say you know what like all other things aside right now i think it's pretty dumb to change the government (laughs) so i would vote this way um yeah like I wonder, like, how much of, like, those sentiments just, like, got stuck in the poll numbers leading up to this that, like, totally skewed. Because, like, how were they so wrong? <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, I, I think something else that, and and so, like, to sort of let us take it into, like, a larger election um, narrative for other countries is, like, I think we find, like, voters kind of hate it, I think, regardless of country. They hate it when you tell them what to do, right? So, like, if there's a sense that, like, Trudeau assumed he would give me a majority, like, go, like, you want me to have a majority, I know Mm -hmm. you want me to have a majority, I'm going to call this election that you didn't ask for, just give me a majority, the voters aren't going to like that, which already, like, puts you on the back foot, like, it, the believability, the buy-in is is not there. And I think we see that in other elections we've covered, um, where, you know, people don't really like it when you tell them what's going to happen or assume that you're going to win yeah even if it's like something that they do want (laughs) it's like well now that you told me that i want that i don't want that anymore yeah like maybe i maybe you are maybe you have nefarious intentions or maybe i don't trust you that much yeah like how like our own self-interest when this is unrelated but sort of related about people just being mad even though it's good for them (laughs) whether or not you think that this election is good for you of like these experiments where you have somebody and say there's like ten dollars for us to divvy up and then i get to decide how much you get and how much i get and then you get Mm -hmm. to decide whether or not we get those values or we get no money at all Mm -hmm. and if i offer you less than like three dollars yeah you'll say no even though you still get the money and i get money (laughs) Yeah. You'll say no to getting free money for nothing just because you're like, no, screw you. You're just like being a jerk and trying to take more than you deserve. Yeah. Uh, and this is like, <laughs> this is cross-cultural, right? This goes like yeah. all the way around the world. Doesn't matter how much money you do it for. If you offer them less than a third, 
the other person just says, screw you. <laughs> I don't want this free money because <laughs> you're being an asshole, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that might be a play here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, it's um, like, cause I, I think, yeah, in a, in a world where anybody was asking for this, that statement of like, that there is something to vote on is true. We are, you know, a lot has happened in the last yeah. two years. A lot has happened. Um, it's happened under a minority government that has worked in partnership with other parties to make it happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe we do want to say in that, but it, it, yeah, if nobody was asking for it, it becomes a lot more complicated. So we'll get to the election in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we may never get to the election. Yeah. This at, at this point, we might just talk about, we might just talk about good news for the rest of this episode. Um, <laughs> so do you have good news, Kaylee? Um, I voted. That's uh, I I got out there, got the vote out. That's your good uh, news. I think if you're from Canada, <laughs> you should get the vote out. It's it's pretty accessible. Yeah. Uh, it's safe. They're putting a lot of effort into uh making lots of opportunities for you to vote. Um, so uh, even if you're a bit disenchanted with this particular election, hmm. um, you know, get out and express that by voting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a whole thing trying to vote. Oh yeah. Because they're not doing voting on campuses this year. Um, uh, because yes. of COVID for some reason. Um, mm. So I had to vote, but because I was going to, I'm like not a resident of where I live, <laughs> which is a weird thing <laughs> to say. Uh, I had to like go to this, uh, like an official elections Canada office instead of going to an advanced poll. So that was like a 20 minute drive away. So I got to drive with somebody down there. Um, and then when I got there, I had my internet bill and my ID saying that my just like a piece of like student ID basically saying that like I do live in this riding uh, in mm -hmm. Ontario and I'll vote here. Um, and then the person was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. They're like, because we're an elections Canada office, not in the riding that you are being transferred to, even though this is the ride, this is the office that the like elections Canada website told me to go to. They're like, <laughs> yeah. no, we, you have to go to an office in your own riding, which I'm not sure that there is one. I don't know. Well, that's not helpful. Um, so they're like, <laughs> you can either vote in your home riding, like where like mm -hmm. your official residence is, or you can vote in this riding. <laughs> um, but they're like, but you don't live in this riding at all, so you can't so that, vote here. Yeah, you so can't you have that. to. So you have to go to a different office, um, mm -hmm. or you can vote just in your home riding. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just vote <laughs> in my home riding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I, I it's it's fine. Um, yeah. Which is, funnily enough, same riding that I voted in. Yeah, I was in that building for, like, I think over half an hour trying to get this whole thing mm -hmm. sorted out. Because, like, first they couldn't find me in the system at all. And then I'm like, well, what about this other ID? The whole thing. Anyway. So <laughs> that, it was not super easy for me. But probably if I can do it, whoever's listening, it'll be easier for you. And you can go do it. Um, so that go is, out and vote. This is something I'm, I, I just realized, like, listening to you say this. Because... Um, I was talking to a friend about voting and um, they didn't realize that you could go up to a certain point. You can go to an Elections Canada office and vote regardless, like even in the advanced polls, you could have gone to that office and voted there. Um, you couldn't. They were really mad about couldn't? that because there was advanced Never polls. Next... <laughs> well, you might be able to. I think you can. Um, but there's an advanced poll next to this Elections Canada office, but like the uh, signage was really bad. So everybody yeah. kept going into the Elections Canada office instead of into the advanced poll and asking to vote. And like, you can vote there. And I voted there, um, mm -hmm. but it's not the advanced poll. So <laughs> like they only have like the special national ballots, right? Like, so they're uh, all like write-in ballots. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's like, there's just so much confusion going on. <laughs> and the whole time there's like these like 1984, like, cause they're like training um, poll workers there. Right. Yeah. So they're like yeah. all these like weird, like government, uh, like recordings <laughs> playing through like behind curtains where like all the poll workers are getting <laughs> trained. <laughs> it was just like such a surreal experience. It was so weird. But yeah, you could up until a, up until uh, last Tuesday, you could vote in the election oh, okay. office. Anyway, the, the point of that was <laughs> that they were like, why would you need two separate locations for advanced polls and, and the election? Especially when they're like so close. Like my advanced poll location was less than five minutes away from the office. And like, I'm pretty sure everybody in my 
uh, in the ridings in the city that I live in, it's very close, but I'm from a much smaller place with a much lower population. <laughs> so yeah. it, it makes sense that it might go faster here. But all this to say, it, uh, there were a lot of advanced voters. Um, nearly 5 million Canadians voted in the advanced yeah, for a almost day for 20%. advanced polling. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, from the 2019 numbers. Yeah. Which is insane. That's a lot of... Uh, I mean, it makes sense. It's it's good planning. Um, but it does sound like it might... Especially... It, and then you add, um, I think, like 1.2 million Canadians requested special ballots uh, voting kits. So they'll be mailing in theirs. And it looks like it'll take... It could take two to three... Two to five days before we actually... Some writings are decided officially. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, man... Because you only need to give like six days notice to get yeah. this like mail in ballot and then like send like get it, fill it out and send it back. And I'm like, that seems like not a very good turnaround time. I'm just gonna get in the get in a van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna head down. Uh, anyway, uh, your faith in Canada Post is is not. Uh... Yeah, I'm like they're like the they're like the folks. Like yeah. you know, it that's like basically their mandate. <laughs> What else do you mail these days other than everything you buy? Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'll I, have, do you want the good news now or do you want the good news as science news later? Uh, yeah, give it to me later. We're in this. We're in All right. We're, yeah, we're election mode. We're election mode. All right. So Canada, a country of 37 million people, just about, you know, something like that. Second largest country in the world by area. One of the largest havers of fresh water in the world the number of lakes in this place is just wild (laughs) uh officially bilingual country yeah made up of 10 provinces and three territories uh not all of which are bilingual (laughs) Um, Uh, yeah one is one yes one province is officially bilingual that's new brunswick it takes you almost four days to drive from end to end of this particular country, farthest point to farthest point. Yes. Its southern and western border with the United States, stretching 8,891 kilometers, is the world's longest binational land border, but confusingly still closed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, uh, and we both live in it. Yes. Arctic Ocean, it, just to situate everybody in the world, Arctic Ocean to the north. Pacific Ocean <laughs> yeah, to the west, sea, Atlantic Ocean to, sea, to the to east, <laughs> from sea to sea to sea, uh, covering nearly 10 million square kilometers, the true north strong and free. Canada is a constitutional monarchy. Yes. Canada has a queen currently, Queen Elizabeth II, the queen of Canada. She may be known to you as the queen of somewhere else, but to us, she's the queen of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apart from that, Canada has a House of Parliament that is elected and, for some reason, a Senate, (laughs) an upper house, (laughs) which is not up for election because it's appointed. Who knows why? Not Uh, (laughs) even an election issue this time. (laughs) For some reason, everyone's like, you know what? Allegedly, we are going to fix that when we fixed proportional representation. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Check out our episodes on constitutional reform yeah (laughs) uh canada is an advanced economy uh and the 10th largest in the world yeah and is headed by justin trudeau the prime minister of canada well i guess headed by the governor general well headed headed by the queen but then headed by (laughs) the governor general but then but then properly properly headed headed by uh justin trudeau who is the incumbent prime minister of this country Uh, he's been prime minister since 2015, uh, after which he won a majority uh, mandate for four years after ending the reign of Stephen Harper, which lasted nearly a decade. Yes. Uh, and then he got a minority government back in 2019, almost mm-hmm. exactly uh, two years ago. Uh, and then ever since then, it's just been a roller coaster in Canada. Uh, and now yes. Justin Trudeau says, don't get off this roller coaster. We're still rolling and not coasting. We're going to keep changing everything, starting and stopping. Uh, and here we are. Yes, we're we're on another a, a very sh- the shortest roller coaster of an election ride possible. <laughs> how what is how, how long is the campaign period this time? 36 around? days. 36 days. 
Yeah. Last time it was 40 days or something, right? Yeah, I think, uh, yes, it was a little bit longer, but it was still pretty short. It was still And in 2015, um, it was something like 70 days, right? It was like the longest yes. that it could be, something like that. This time around, a lot of the same faces as last time. Justin Trudeau, same face. Jagmeet Singh, same leader of the NDP, third party in Canada. Justin Trudeau, leader of the Liberal Party. <laughs> yes. Uh, Yves-François Blanchette, the leader of the Bloc Québécois, which is a regional party in Canada uh, with federal representation. And Maxime Bernier, who is now uh, basically the fourth party in Canada somehow, <laughs> um, yeah, ahead hopefully. of the Green Party. The Green Party's got a new face, uh, Annamie Paul, after a longtime leader Elizabeth May stepped down. And we have a new conservative leader in Canada as well, Aaron O'Toole, who no one had heard of for the longest time. And then everyone thought, wow, he doesn't sound too bad. And then he kept talking. And then people decided, well, let's just... Maybe we'll stick to the status quo. And that's kind of where it seems like the polls have settled. Yeah. Uh, wait, you think that Herod O'Toole is in last place? No, he's not in last place. Oh, okay. I thought you said in, I thought you meant like in order that you said it. No, 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 no. It, those were, it was, it was same faces first and then oh, new okay. face Aaron O'Toole. New faces. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Then gotcha. people liked him and then liberals lost some, some support and then he kept talking. Um, not so much in the French debate, more in the English debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then people are still upset. Yes. Coming, coming back down to, I mean, I think people are really upset about a lot of things right now. They're mostly upset. Even liberal supporters are upset at Justin Trudeau. No, it seems <laughs> um but more upset at aaron o'toole yeah uh, or at it, least it, yeah. other conservative members nobody seems very happy with any of the options um really uh nobody's that convinced by anyone it seems uh, the only voters that i've heard that are really convinced are one people who listen to the debate and they're like why is there not a black black quebecois running in my writing because <laughs> eve you know, Monsieur Blanchette seems like a reasonable guy. <laughs> Have you seen his stance? I know that, like, the way he stands in his photos. Really, like, I know that this is a podcast, so we can't show you. But, <laughs> but you should Google it. It's it's very wide stance. <laughs> Yeah, at the starts of, like, debates when they're all standing there and they don't have anything to put their hands on and they just have to, like, mm-hmm. look like what people want them to look like, I guess, and mm-hmm. what their minds are. Um they all stand in weird ways, I find. Yeah. And like it's they don't want to put their like, hands do do in their pockets, hands? right? Yeah. Like normally you put your hands in your pockets, but that you can't yeah. do that because it's disrespectful. So uh, you got to keep your hands out, uh, <laughs> which ends up looking weird. Um, yeah. How do I communicate? I'm powerful, but friendly. Hmm. Yeah. I have seen other people being excited um, about uh, NDP. I've like NDP voters that have heard be like you know let's do this this time justin trudeau's just he runs to the left and governs from the right and we got you know we only got one left party in this country and that's the ndp (laughs) Uh, sure um you know we're not splitting the left we're not splitting the liberal vote we are the liberal vote uh they're they're the most enthusiastic really because i think it's hard for liberals to be enthusiastic after why this election was called um yeah and and the the just the reality that like once you've been governing for a while you're not going to be very popular anymore like even if you were perfect people kind of get over you at a certain point you're not the new thing it's hard to make promises after you've had six years to do your promises and it's like well you you had a majority (laughs) why didn't you do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no that's a that's one of the larger problems that he has faced i think in this election Although, uh, although, but did you know that Aaron O'Toole is younger than Justin Trudeau? <laughs> yes, I did, which seems totally Somebody crazy. told me that. I was like, I can't believe that's true. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, what would you say, I, th- I think a, a big part of this election so far has been small parties. Yes. Has been the story of the Green Party going into this election just just fumbling and stumbling and bumbling their way along and an election was called um and they had to drop the internal lawsuits against themselves and start campaigning and accidentally yeah. endorsing the liberals climate plan <laughs> yeah like 
I think for people who listened to when we covered last time, like we interviewed former Green Party candidate, now Liberal Party candidate, uh, Jenica Atwin, who was the first Green Party candidate to win a seat outside of um, BC, uh, British Columbia. Um, and so like, it's, it, yeah, it, it, they're really the, one of the stories of the election certainly is this like fairly significant fall from grace in terms of this was supposed to be, if they could get it together, this election should have been their moment to really start getting, becoming another party in, in Canada. Um, but now it looks like they will probably lose at least one seat. Um, and it's hard to say if they will get very many seats at all. The other small party that's making headlines is Maxime Bernier's People's Party, which has yes. made up quite a bit of ground since their since the last election. Unforeseen whether or not they will actually win a seat, but nationwide they have nearly 7% support. Maxime Bernier, who previously uh, was a cabinet minister for uh, Stephen Harper, who resigned <laughs> unceremoniously yes, uh, and was then uh, in leadership contention for the conservatives uh, back when Andrew Scheer took over uh, and now um, is leading this small and gaining party. Yes. Rising from the right. Yes. Far right, anti-immigrants, uh, Islamophobic, anti-vax. Yeah. Anti-vax um, party. Um, that I think, yeah, we're seeing, uh, they're very associated with a lot of the, uh, sort of protests and, uh, tensions that have occurred. Uh, there's been some issues, uh, with, uh, leaders being, um, having things thrown at them, mm-hmm. uh, or, or pro- protests crashing their events and protests at hospitals and, and those sorts of things. Um, and, I, and they're very closely associated with that. It is hard to say, um, that they will get any seats. It, it could happen. It's hard to know. Um, but it is sort of, for the first time, a party that's kind of really cutting um, votes, between, some votes from the Conservatives, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, because Canada has a first-past-the-post voting system, so the, you know the person with the most votes wins, and it negates all the other votes that were uh, given in that riding. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty... Uh, it's detrimental to your cause if there's another party that could steal some votes from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, but it also means that a party, um, the parties like the green party who we mentioned earlier, um, and, uh, the people's party of Canada, uh, will struggle to get into the parliament. Yeah. And now this, like it is the people's party taking some votes away from the conservatives for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also kind of seen the shift of at least, Aaron O'Toole as what he wants us to see as a party of one, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Aaron O'Toole's vision and what he necessarily says doesn't seem so aligned with the average conservative candidate that's Mm -hmm. running. Um, Aaron O'Toole seems to have kind of, at least depending what day you listen to what he says, have shifted to the left uh, quite a bit um, from previous iterations of uh, the conservative party. moving over on things like gun control and then moving back um kind of like flip-flopping um so it's it seems as though there's this kind of tension for the conservative party right now as to it seems like you know canada in general is a pretty center-left kind of country um Mm -hmm. as seen from like the amount of support left of center for the liberals and the ndp um, whether or not the Greens are a left-wing party on a traditional spectrum is up to you to decide. Um, but they definitely have some progressive policies. Uh, so there's definitely all this extra support there. So this kind of shift of Aaron O'Toole's vision of the Conservative Party slightly leftward, um, I think there's kind of this view that I'm seeing a lot of places of, oh, look, this like, right-wing agenda is alive and well and gaining steam in canada right but is that really a general nationwide feeling that oh the country is moving rightwards because of this uh research or this um surge of this far-right party or is that really just a response to all of the parties are kind of moving to the left and now there's this small group that's left behind that's making this that's making this more noise you know 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and it it also creates uh, yeah as you were saying he's sort of flip flopping um, and this this reference will only probably only make sense to Canadian listeners but um, I saw a video clip of um, former Liberal Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. Uh, talking about Aaron O'Toole, and he made a joke that I thought was quite funny because if you know uh, Jean Chrétien, uh, he, uh, how he speaks, he uh, he said, uh, 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 "Mr. O'Toole is doing what I can't do." He's talking out both sides of his mouth, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is pretty savage, given yeah. uh, there's a, there's a conservative attack ad right yeah. that came out against Jean Chrétien about like this exact thing is that yeah. he had a stroke and he can't and part of uh one side of his mouth um is frozen right um mm-hmm. and there's this sort of attack at attacking him for this so not only not only is he like making a joke at himself but at the same time also poking fun at conservatives own attack ads against him that were uh not received well at the mm-hmm. time <laughs> um so jean Chrétien, bangers only <laughs> <laughs> But, but this point that that Jean Chrétien has made and you are making that like it's it's a difficult I think that the 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 conservatives were looking like they were doing really well but they have to balance like that there are a significant number of party members still in the conservative party who don't necessarily align on issues of climate change or LGBTQ plus rights um, even the amount like a number of issues that O'Toole has said that he will work on while they might be in a conservative conservative for a left-leading person are too far left for a lot of the, a lot of that party um and so he's having to uh yeah to balance the fact that he won't uh that he's not going to mandate vaccines for his uh his candidates mm-hmm. um but also that he is going to ask everybody to get vaccinated or that he is he is trying to to allow people or push people to go and get vaccinated more generally uh, for the for the country yeah i think on it it is pretty interesting like where the conservative party is right now and like like the conservatives under stephen harper were very much like the harper conservatives um and since then i mean stephen harper really made the conservatives what they were like you know uniting the reform party and progressive conservatives and like everything like that party really was his and (laughs) since stephen stephen harper has left uh under the last two leaders there's kind of this you know at the end of at the end of stephen harper um it was you know kind of this anti-liberal thing like when justin when he was running against justin Trudeau, and it didn't work like they were you know nice hair though he's just not ready he's too young and all this stuff and that didn't work then with um someone as strong as stephen harper was um Mm -hmm. after you know nearly a decade in power um and ever since then it's just seems interesting where the conservative party will go like what their message will be and when will they decide to really put out a platform of what they believe instead of being just not the liberals you know yeah i mean yeah at a provincial level like we still haven't seen this um even you know uh in ontario the ford government now like they just didn't have a platform even (laughs) when they were running and it was just we're just i guess the first time uh, it's just you know there's just no platform at all it's just we're not the liberals um and i think that the like the right wing of like conservatives in canada should have a voice right like there should be a discussion in parliament and like there are like different ways to look at things um and right now i don't see that being very well like addressed like that voice is not really represented in parliament like that strongly it seems right now yes yeah i think it's and i think i totally see what you're saying and i think uh it's like how it's hard for any leader i think the conservative party right now to drive it's hard to drive if you have so many people like giving you instructions on, on uh-huh. what way to go. And, and it, it, there isn't a lot of unity, um, which I think was the key to the Harper conservative success is that he, this, this is what Harper, when he was in power, that was what, uh-huh. he, what he believed was what the party believed. And, and uh-huh. there wasn't really a deviating from this. Um, and, and they certainly don't have that firm foothold anymore. 
Um, and I think it also means that like that the far right parties like the People's Party sort of start to attract more people because they're, you know, they're firmer in what they say. They're they're they are going to stick to their guns and believe what they believe. And while the Conservative Party seems sort of flip floppy, hard to know what they think, um, are they going to stand up um, for what? people in the conservative party believe it's hard to know uh, and i'm not saying that like what the people in the conservative party believe are these anti-immigrant or islamophobic sentiments but i think that that ability to like clearly communicate and uh offer a a, a clear direction is 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 valuable uh, to any party who's looking to get a foothold i've seen comments to this effect online now who knows who's actually posting these things right yeah (laughs) with a grain of salt but people saying you know i'm gonna vote for the people's party not because i even agree with their policies but because maxime bernier is the only politician that i see actually saying what he believes when he says something i believe that that's what he wants to say now does it seem that way or is he you know saying what people want to hear that's inciting and whipping up the most amount of rage who knows um but i think even people voting for the people's party also agree with you in that we these are not our views (laughs) at least some of them right (laughs) like these are not what i want but this guy's at least if i if i vote for him he's going to do what he says um yeah which kind of an interesting way to vote is uh, is you know not in your best interest but just because somebody will actually do what they say <laughs> oh, okay sure yeah um, but and I, I, yeah and i guess if if you're kind of further on the right but maybe not you know maybe you're not anti-immigrant islamophobic anti etc but you're a right-leaning conservative you're mm-hmm. a blue conservative um like you might be like i'm not represented by the conservative party anymore because you know, uh, O'Toole, because, because O'Toole, uh, it, it, he is probably a more moderate conservative. I think overall of uh, of leaders that they have had, he's probably more. You could, you would say he is certainly more moderate, and he is pushing some of the more progressive uh, sides that would that want us to acknowledge climate change, which, in my opinion, is the direction they need to go for popular support for canadian Mm. popular support but i think if you are yeah if you're in the right end of that party you might see the conservative party is moving farther and farther away from you you might join this other party and maybe you can move it away from some of its crazier ideas or maybe you're willing to go on get on board with some of its crazier ideas who knows but um it does sort of push you away uh and feel maybe like you have less of a home in the conservative party Mm-hmm. I I think and to that point and I think we can move on to what the other issues are at this point but yeah. but to that point it's really Aaron O'Toole being the leader is trying to make the conservatives you know big tent conservatives again and mm-hmm. in instead of being you know sacrilegiously the Bloc L'Alberta <laughs> <laughs> uh, and not be a regional party right and really because and like having like move, putting climate change and environmentalism into this uh, platform is not like caring about the environment and and like being a steward of your environment and caring about like the traditional practices that have allowed forests to thrive in Canada is like previously a conservative value, right? Yeah. Like that's not <laughs> like that is not a progressive thing necessarily. Like at its fundamental point, um, conserving uh, the traditional ways of living that is and and i mean recently the traditional ways of living have been you know oil extraction but they have also been you know i think a lot of canadians would really um have resonate with them the ideas of like naturalism and spending time in nature and having access to fresh water and being outdoorsy like i think those are canadian things and those are traditional canadian values um and so to put that into the conservative platform to me just makes sense as a like yeah. to have it as part of what being a conservative would mean <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and there's in, uh, and and i think we we'll get into climate change maybe as a major election issue but there is there is a need for there is a conservative approach to climate change there is also a need for parties that are going to stand up for um people who are traditionally working in oil and gas etc who 
as on the journey of figuring out, you know, how do they remain employed or how do we transition those economies? I think that there there is a need for that in, in mm-hmm. any discussion. Um, and also it was like, I'm pretty sure it was Brian Mulroney, conservative prime minister, Brian Mulroney, who like led uh, Canada's, uh, when Canada signed the air quality agreement with the United States, like the, the originally the conservative party led uh, a number of the sort of early uh, agreements um, relating to mm-hmm. climate change for the country. So it, yeah. it's certainly a conservative issue. Same in the United States, Republicans previously, but we, yeah. <laughs> there's okay. So other main issues this election besides uh, the environment, what's going on? What do people care about? Or at least what do leaders think people care about? <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, if you're looking at the buzz, the buzzword issues, obviously climate change and the pandemic were two um, pretty big ones. And from the pandemic, I think also talking a lot about healthcare. Um, so um, like, for example, the liberals have promised to provide the booster for free to Canadians um, and, and improving the infrastructure, I think, is is something that the pandemic revealed. Um, and then another one is the housing crisis. So it's pretty much across the country. Um, housing is a growing issue that is causing a lot of protests, a lot of tensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so pretty much all the parties also have announced significant plans on the housing crisis uh, as well. So yeah, those are the big issues, and and they are actually the on the list of issues that Canadians care about, and they have been getting traction. Also, I think what was it a ten dollar day daycare mm-hmm. uh, that has been a big sticking point. Uh, the, the Liberals are for it, the NDP are for it, the Conservatives will scrap it, um, <laughs> and and Family provide uh, an incentive. Yeah, I think that they, instead they'll just mail a check. Uh, so you know, uh, it's about what approach you think works. Uh, and so those were the, yeah, those are what the parties think is important uh, to mm-hmm. Canadians and they're not wrong. Um, yeah, it's always, you know, where do we put our kids? Where do we put us? How do we afford it all? And can I be healthy while I do it? Really seems to always be <laughs> the stuff that everybody always cares about, at least yeah. in Canada. I think that's what we said. I said, I think we said in Norway too, like those are the issues that usually are the issues if you're kind of a healthy democracy and having a pretty normal um election overall i mean in some ways it's not been normal but in others it has been very normal so this is what all the leaders are talking about really um Mm -hmm. and i think a question that i have (laughs) for you is um i guess this kind of happens often with federal elections in canada but everybody I, i mean on like the the vote compass and everything on cbc right there's an article that was jagmeet singh is the most trustworthy leader and people mm-hmm. like him the most and everything and they, yeah. like best leader i think or not best leader but like m- p- leader or leader who most people would be happy with as prime minister was justin trudeau um yeah but like likability scores and competency scores in particular jagmeet singh does very well in these types of things mm-hmm. um his debate performances were kind of lackluster he's kind of pushed to the side again what's going on with jagmeet <laughs> yeah i think and yeah so we talk, I, we we saw this in the last election too and i think it's always the ndp the ndp's biggest challenge is is if the liberals are being smart about their campaign they basically steal a lot of the ideas that the ndp are running on and then so if the liberals and the ndp are essentially saying they'll promise you the same thing and the liberals are the party you know, and they'll they have governed before. You're probably just going to vote for the liberals because it sounds like they're going to do the same thing. Um, it also where they differ, and 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 Jagmeet Singh tries to highlight this, and and he often he's right, but often he's saying so he has some really big ideas, and, and I'm not one to say that we shouldn't spend money. I, I tend to, to tend towards uh, big money spends, um, but he doesn't always have great answers um, for exactly like how. Um, mm-hmm. and and so he's this some of the this, when it gets to the point of asking for details so like there was i saw a clip of him talking about like he was like i wouldn't have bought the pipeline and then so the i think it was rosemary barton said well if you wouldn't have bought the, if you wouldn't have purchased the pipeline but we do have the pipeline so when you get in there what will you do with the pipeline and then he said well just to be clear i i wouldn't have paid for the pipeline and and, they, <laughs> and he just wouldn't answer that component of the question of like what well, what do we do? We, we do own it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the, it's, un, 
if you're trying to build an image of yourself as a governing party, I think presenting really clearly how you would actually govern um, could could be valuable and, and could be what under is also undermining him. That would be my theory. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, I don't think it helps that, for example, uh, you also think we should have $10 a day daycare. Like, it's like, <laughs> that doesn't, okay, cool. The liberals also think we should. So it's hard to like, it's sometimes it's hard to differentiate, I guess. Yeah, I, I think like often, especially in this election, there's been a lot of, oh, whoa, it's actually close. And so people on the left are like, come on guys just vote liberal just (laughs) bite the bullet even if you're even if you're further to left um just do it and also i think the ndp get hit on this all the time is like how much it's going to cost and how are you going to pay for it and waiting until the day after the final debate of the election cycle to release a costed platform Mm -hmm. Even if the even if it's a great costed platform, it seems like it's not because you waited until nobody could ask you questions about it to release yeah. it. Um, and like, just if I don't know, like just just yeah. ma- like make something you're proud of and put it out there and ask, <laughs> have questions about it, you know? Yeah, um, I really and get yeah. this one like boogeyman off your back if you're going to do it. Then go ahead and do it um bob ray's a liberal now so you don't have to worry about that (laughs) bob ray's been a liberal for like yeah un ambassador bob ray yeah um because that's the that's like the top thing about ndp i voted for bob ray back in the day and then (laughs) we have come on guys (laughs) anyway where have the ndp been unknown but also uh part of the debates that was part of the debates Um, but that hasn't really been talked about very much in the media right now or maybe because it's not so much of an election issue has been um, reconciliation uh, and first nations issues uh, across the country yeah i mean that's so anyone who's if if you're not in a canadian audience uh member um over the last the summer um uh, a lot of un, uh, unmarked graves from res- Indian, uh, indigenous resident residential schools have been discovered, uh, former residential schools. Um, and so over the process of the summer, these, these graves have been revealed. We, there was many people would have known that they were there. Um, but the, the extent of which that they're there is, is becoming, uh, very, very clear to the public now. Mm-hmm. And so increasingly like it, it, when asked Canadians were listing reconciliation, um, and, and issues ar- uh, around, um, you know, indigenous clean water, um, uh, indigenous reconciliation uh, in Canada and, and that process uh, and questions about uh, Trudeau's record on that and what the other parties were going to do on that were really were important, were big questions that uh, Canadians had, but it hasn't actually really been um meaning i don't i think that a lot of people who are uh very uh very uh well read in in this area would say that it hasn't really been meaningfully discussed um in many of the debates and it also hasn't really come up in the in an election that's been kind of fraught by more by like protests and uh and and uh, uh protests over healthcare and relating to the pandemic it's been sort of lost um, but mm-hmm. even while the election has been going on, more unmarked graves have been discovered. Um, several, uh, the the Liberal Party, uh, or Trudeau made uh, September 30th a national holiday um, uh, to mark uh, the, uh, to, 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 uh, in remembrance of um, the uh, children who were sent to residential schools um, in, uh, and uh a number of the provinces have chosen not to make that a holiday. It's, it's only a federal holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, and that hasn't really come up very much. Um, and, and sort of just like, what is, what will the leaders do in terms of meaningfully addressing a process that is increasingly on the forefront of the minds of Canadians is, has not really come up. Um, and particularly, yeah, the relationship between the indigenous people and uh, largely non-indigenous government. Um, is a really important topic for Canada. There haven't been any like protests about it and everything, right? Like, so it's, it hasn't been like a big headline grabbing thing. It's not really a wedge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so leaders haven't really been talking about it. 
yeah. it seems like Justin Trudeau wouldn't, you know, um, of his own accord, uh, say, oh, we should be doing all these things when he's had six years to do these yes. things. And yeah. there has been progress made on these clean water issues and whatnot, but not as much as many people would like. Um, and it's not really uh, of the conservatives to bring up these issues. Um, no. Hey, but maybe conserving traditional values of the country <laughs> might be something that the conservatives might want to look into having uh, <laughs> as part of their platform. Uh, so, I mean... It could be an NDP thing to bring up, but then again, at the same time, nobody's listening to what the NDP say. Uh, and so we're left with here where we are, it seems. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I know um, in 2015, Trudeau had a really significant indigenous, a turnout of Indigenous voters um, mm-hmm. that were key to him getting a majority. And so, and, and, and I think that they are, they're an important voting bloc, um, uh, in the country uh, i mean there's certainly complications in in the relationship of indigenous people to voting in a in the settler government um but regardless uh they they're an important uh component of the electoral process and uh it'll be interesting to see if it has any influence on their participation or or on the election as a whole um can i t- uh, tell you a, a fun thing sure uh, to transition us here <laughs> okay you know you know how they uh you know how they threw uh, rocks at, at trudeau and, yes. and also they uh threw rocks at uh maxine Ber- they threw an egg i think at maxine bernier uh, yes i recall well we have a long tradition of throwing things at leaders so uh, but uh, Trudeau is like is is like further living up to the legacy of his father because his father <laughs> in an election in the early 1980s had rocks thrown at him, but he also oh. had tomatoes and eggs. So we've had, you know, uh, uh, the uh, the Trudeau governments have been contentious before elections mm. featuring a Trudeau have been uh, have been hot button before. I think they have. Yeah. Speaking of Trudeau Senior. Yeah. Did you see the other day Jagmeet Singh's tweet where he said, just watch me oh, to yeah. Justin Trudeau? <laughs> yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, you have to use that line at some point against Justin yeah. Trudeau. Oh, it's so fun. But you can only do it once, right? Yeah. And it was just such a weak issue for <laughs> for Jagmeet Singh to to whip out this one time line that he can use yeah. uh, against Justin yeah. Trudeau that was underwhelming as that far is, as political yeah. jibes go come on i think that they are they're all guilty of this um uh, and and maybe it's because uh Singh i think is a little bit cooler um, hmm. than the others naturally but when he like screws these things up i'm just more disappointed it's like oh that was a bit corny <laughs> or oh you kind of missed uh, that one uh <laughs> Because that's what the NDP need to get headlines, right? Is they need this incisive, uh, I mean, Tom Mulcair didn't do well as NDP leader, Um, but he was good at this, right? He was good at coming in with barbs and he had, he was good at um, debates, especially like that until he turned into, you know, uh, Tom Mulcair, who was like, you know, awkward on stage and like trying to be like, you know, whatever he wasn't. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe that's what Trudeau needs to do is a, a good old uh, Jean Chrétien is a, was it Schwanagan handshake? <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So predictions, Kaylee. Yes. Um, it's very close, um, but probably a liberal minority government. I think that that's what all the polls say. That's what it looks like. Probably yeah, that's a weak call, Kaylee. That's a weak call. I'm going liberal majority, probably. Wow, I I checked the polls. The odds of that are very very low. Uh, What's the point of you can't uh, you can't just you can't just choose these these milk toast middle of the road Andrew Shear predictions? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you think Andrew Shear is predicting a liberal minority? <laughs> Former that's conservative a, party leader Andrew Shear. I'm saying In case everybody it, forgot immediately. I, I'm I'm saying I'm not saying this is what he would predict. I'm saying this is a prediction worthy of Andrew Shear in well, its middle uh, of the road say nothingness. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Yeah. 
Listen, let's quickly wrap us up here. Uh, we got some good news slash space news, and space news just means science news, and science news can sometimes just be the weather. Because, mm-hmm. Kaylee, do we have a whole ton of rain in Arizona this month? <laughs> oh, really? I we do. That. We do. In the Sonora Desert in Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, so we have this monsoon that happens all the time in, in Arizona, or every summer. Mm-hmm hopefully every summer it didn't really happen last summer that much it was quite late oh. it was one of the driest summers but mm. this monsoon is a once in a generation monsoon kaylee this is oh. the second wettest summer in the past 30 years in arizona and as a result now the monsoon happens because the winds that typically prevail through uh the southern united states go from west to east bringing dry air from the desert over arizona keeping it hot but Mm -hmm. when the uh jet stream moves north and the winds shift direction and bring moisture up from the gulf of mexico uh it's still hot but it's wet too (laughs) Uh, and between the month between the middle of july or the middle of june and the end of september which is only about three and a half months uh arizona gets almost half of its yearly rainfall uh, hmm. So there's just a ton of rain that happens. And this is good news, too, because the Sonora Desert turns into a lush, gorgeous, beautiful jungle when this happens. Oh wow! All of the saguaro and the cacti suck up all this water and bloom and have all these flowers that go wild. All these tortoises and other animals that spend up to 90% of their lives underground come out because it's wet. Um, these seeds that can stay in the ground for years at a time, once it gets wet enough, they all bloom at the same time. So all these insects come back and come back, come to all these like new flowers. And then all these like birds come in and like eat all these things and have all these babies and everything. It's amazing. Anyway, there's pictures that are going to be in the newsletter and, uh, maybe we'll put them on Twitter or put them on our Instagram or something as well. Uh, they're just gorgeous you would never think that this is a desert um there's just flowers lush green everywhere all because of this natural phenomenon the monsoon that happens in arizona that happens to be shockingly shockingly wet this year (laughs) cool no it it is it's very cool but shockingly wet shockingly uh, wet yeah yeah, yeah. So it's Kaylee, Kaylee, it is so wet that fish can move places because because wow. there's enough water that like rivers and creeks reform and allow sh- mm-hmm. th- these fish to migrate. Uh and all of the it's it's totally wild. Listen. I, you got to yeah, look, look at the pictures. Okay, I was in Arizona not then. I think like early June um hmm. in my childhood, a long long time ago, and it was it was like being inside an oven. So that sounds that sounds lovely. It sounds, but it it sounds incredibly remarkable. Like I I can't ima- even imagine. But uh, wow, Kaylee, the article Science that I'm going to share here from <laughs> azpm.org, which is local Arizona news, says the desert blooms in a bountiful monsoon. Listen, thank you all for listening to this episode of Roundabout Politics, where we talk about the Canadian election. Uh, good news of how we voted and some science news just about the wind changing direction and bringing a bountiful, beautiful river into your life. Uh, you're a bountiful, beautiful river in our lives. Thank yes. you so much for listening. Send us a tweet at probpolitics on Twitter. Or follow us on Instagram yeah. at the same handle or an email at probpolitics at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know if you're voting. Yes. Send us send us a picture of yourself voting on instagram if you can tag us in it put it in your story uh and until then we love you all bye bye